Hey everyone, I'm Ian. And I'm Sam. And this is Do I Like This, the podcast. Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is the podcast where I bring Sam B horror sci-fi movies from my backlog and Binder of Wonders. And I stare speechless at the screen <laughs> with my mouth hanging open, wondering what is happening. We both had moments this week where it was just i felt minutes of actual jaw dropping and like gazing at a screen in in complete confusion yes yes so ian we watched troll i brought you troll 1986 yes not to be confused with trolls no no it glorious musical you could not confuse this with that. <laughs> Although it was part musical at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have been my first true jaw drop, and we'll get to that. I Actually, no, I know this because, so Labyrinth was 1984. Mm-hmm. This movie was 1986. It looked like Jim Henson-y like creatures. Well, and let's there, just, we'll get to it when not, we get to it. And there was some music happening. Oh man! So maybe they were trying to like. Oh, I guarantee you, there was a lot of it had some of that '80s vibe. That a little bit, where there was a lot of puppeteering in the '80s in some of these. There was no David Bowie in this movie, so it was not working. But we will get to that. Oh man! If David Bowie was in this movie, I don't even know what role he would have played, other than savior of this film. All right, so I'm going to hit you real quick with the IMDb uh, description because I think it is worth hitting. A wicked troll king in search of a mystical ring that will transform him to human form invades a San Francisco apartment complex where a powerful witch lives. So that's not... No. That's not true. I love IMDb descriptions just because they're so hit or miss. But it's also the story is not explained to you until the very end. And it's not even clear that the guy's a wizard. Well, it's clear that he's a wizard, but they don't really make it clear in the way they tell the story exactly what happens but so whatever this fucking movie doesn't make anything clear there's lots of (laughs) messiness the thing that is so crazy to me Mm -hmm. is that there are a lot of people in this movie who are or at the time were very famous so i after we watched this last night we went to bed and i was laying in bed scrolling through imdb trying to fall asleep oh i can't wait (laughs) and because so many people looked familiar, so I was trying to figure out where I knew them from. Mm-hmm. First of all, the son is fucking Atreyu from Neverending Story. Ah, uh, now I the moment I you said that, yes, knew it. I knew it. Yes. I'm looking at him, and I was like, "Damn, he looks so familiar." Why do I know? And there's who he more is? puppeteering connections. Um, <laughs> so the, obviously, this was a vehicle for him because he was like the the savior, sort of. Oh, this performance was a vehicle for him. <laughs> Listen, he didn't get a lot of work after. Uh, uh, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I don't know what else to say. The woman who played the elderly witch. Eunice St. Eunice. She's, uh, I, I said it when we were watching it. She's a famous actress. I know who she is. She was in, um, she was in a bunch June of stuff. Lockhart. Yeah. So she was in a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that I've seen because I used to watch TV with my grandparents. So I used to watch things like she was in Petticoat Junction. She was in what? What was the other thing she was in? Hold on. Give me a second. Lost in Space. She was Mrs. Lassie. Robinson. And she was Timmy's mom in Lassie. Ruth Martin and Lassie. Yeah. So, yeah. So I recognize Pretty her. Pretty big name. 
And then later on in the movie, she turns into a young version of herself who I didn't think really looked anything like her. It's her daughter in I real life. I just saw that as I was scrolling through. Holy shit. I kind of don't mind that as much anymore. No, n- not anymore. At the time, I did. I have notes about it. The dad was in the first couple seasons of Law & Order. He was one of the lawyers. Apparently, he's a kooky pants in real life and got fired slash quit for some sort of kooky pants situation. I could have told you after. Because I'm pretty sure he played himself in this movie. He was. My God, we'll get it. I just want to something else shout out because I know Julia Lewis-Dreyfus listens to this podcast. (laughs) This was her first movie. Please feel free to tell us about that experience and how you got sucked into the. No, I'm I'm sure she won't because I read. So I was reading the trivia. Yeah. I read that she hates any association with this movie and apparently was brought up by one of the late night hosts back in the day. And they showed a clip of it and she was not happy. I concur. Yeah. (laughs) So let's just jump right in, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because what else can we do? Because that's what this movie does. And it really does. It starts off running and then it first thing weird. I want to say is the dad and the son are named Harry Potter and Harry Potter Jr. Yes. And they refer to him by his full name, Harry Potter Jr. When they talk about him, I died every single time. It was hysterical. So I also read in the IMDb trivia that the makers of this movie, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was the company or whoever wrote it. I don't know apparently tried to sue (laughs) she who must not be named. Obviously, they're not based on the same characters. Obviously. Yeah. She, those are, it's a very plain sort of. British name. Well, no, just a plain person's name. It's like John Smith or something. It's a, I feel like it's a very common name. I would also argue six people saw this film prior to those books coming out. So. Enough saw it that they made a fake sequel. So I don't know why, but it opens on a <laughs> monastery with some stained glass and an altar. And I wrote, I wrote at the beginning, right here in this part, I wrote, wow, this is very Harry Potter. <laughs> and I forgot that I wrote it until right now. And the little first thing we saw in the subtitles was choir vocalizing. And we get a very slow zoom on oh a book with some candles. The book opens. We see some medieval art panels. Uh, it's sort of unintelligible. It's a bunch of people in the woods. I don't even know what else to say. Then the camera zooms into the drawings of the bushes. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they're real bushes. And we have the longest oh my God. opening credit situation where they're just panning across leaves forever. I wrote bushes for days. Yeah. It just kept going. It it was nuts. And it was nighttimey looking. Not a strong start. And then it opened. So then it turned daytime Mm -hmm. in the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) The bushes kind of, there's a little clearing and you see there's a moving truck parked in front of a building. Mm -hmm. And this is where we see our family who are the centerpiece of the film. So it's a mom, a dad, a son, and a daughter. We talked about the son and the dad already. Mm-hmm. Mom and daughter are just generic blondes. Anne and Wendy. Oh, yeah, I probably forgot. I forgot her name. Try to refer to them that way. Well, I'll refer to Wendy because I wrote her. Yeah, it'll be mom and dad. Yeah. So Wendy and the son, Harry Potter Jr., 
are really the main <laughs> characters in this movie. So Harry Potter Jr. is older. We're going to do this the whole episode. <laughs> and so I'm going to laugh every time. So because it is what it is. Um, it's fun. Harry Potter Jr. is older and Wendy is younger. She's what? Eight? Maybe. Maybe. She's less than 10, more than five. Yeah. So we'll say eight. I say like a first grader. Whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> Whatever age that is. Yeah. The dad is wearing a weird bucket hat. He's kind of ridiculous. He's talking about his vinyl records. Apparently he has thousands of them. I don't know. They're talking about moving in. The dad decides he's going to go get dinner and he says something about rat burgers up the street. I thought that was like slang. I thought so too. I thought he was making a joke that it was like a gross burger place. I'm, yeah. I don't know. Is that what? I, just, uh, I think that's what it meant. Just, but we probably. don't really find that out. It becomes a thing later, which is why we're talking about it. Then the mom is moving in boxes and she tells Harry Potter Jr. to watch Wendy. And Ian and I were both confused because she just disappears inside. And I'm thinking... If that was my mom, I would be the one schlepping boxes, right? Right. This was very 1980s parenting. I wrote because these parents just don't know what's going on with their kids. Yeah, the they just leave the their kids alone and and when they disappear and when weird things are happening with their kids, they're just like, ha ha ha, honey, did you do a lot of drugs when you were pregnant? Like, you know, they just do not try to correct or adjust behavior. It's very bizarre. So that's literally a line they said. So. As she's going into the house with all these boxes, she tells him to watch the younger daughter. And, and he looks at her and goes, I'd rather watch Star Trek. Phaser's set to dull. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we are in for some great quotes in this movie. There are a lot of them. We actually at one point just decided to stop writing them down because yeah. there were too many. We can just go just go on IMDb and read Yeah. Them. So then we follow Wendy who goes around the side of the building and she goes down into a basement and it's the laundry room. Mm -hmm. She's actually at the top of the stairs of the basement. She's bouncing a ball and saying a little rhyme and the ball goes down the stairs and it's just sitting there in this like gross laundry room. Well, it's just like a creepy, creepy basement room and she's looking at it all scared. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I want to go down there. So then she finally goes down the stairs and at this point I exclaim, I go, oh, look at those jellies. Those oh, little yeah. jelly shoes. Dude, those were pristine. <laughs> I had a pair of those, <laughs> and I used to love them. They were pink. They were so cute. I never had them as a kid, obviously. I don't think your mom would have bought but them. But I recall them and, like, all the commercials for them during, like, Nickelodeon and She's everything. She's doing, like, the 80s thing to do, jellies with the socks underneath with the ruffle tops. Sure. You wouldn't get it. <laughs> no. So she goes into the laundry room to get her ball. I wrote coin operated laundry machines, goddamn devil incarnate. Yeah. Uh, she goes down in the laundry room to get her ball. There's lots of xylophone music happening. <laughs> There's a troll arm that comes out, and all you see is oh the, from the arm's point of view. <laughs> awesome. And it and it grabs her. Why'd she keep playing in the laundry room when she got the ball? Why'd she just leave? I don't know. The arm, fucking kids. It turns into like a shadow. Oh my god! I wrote shadow kill, right? And then I was like, oh my god, did they just kill a kid? <laughs> <laughs> this wouldn't be our first movie that did. <laughs> so we don't see exactly what happens to Wendy. It was kind of hilarious. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So then we get a shot of the brother looking for Wendy, and the troll is downstairs playing with the ball. You see, is he's bouncing the ball, and then we see the troll and he is 
slimy and hairy. And he looks like Hoggle from Labyrinth. You know who I'm talking about? I, I don't know the character. No. You've seen Labyrinth, haven't you? I believe I have seen Labyrinth. Okay, we're not doing this here now. It's going my on the mem- list. My memory of that film is fuzzy. It's going on the list. You would remember Jennifer if Connelly, you saw it. right? Yes, but yeah, you would- yeah, 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 I've seen it. You've probably seen pictures of I've it. I've seen or it clips as a kid. Of it. I don't recall this movie well. You'd know if you saw it, and it's going Dude. on the list. That's it. End of end of okay. conversation. I wrote, what happened to Danny DeVito when that troll came on screen? It reminded me of like his character from Always Sunny went down a bad path. Worse path. When he crawled out of the sofa naked, sweating. Yes. Kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Can I say it now? This troll is one of the more likable characters in this movie. Uh, in some ways, but in a lot of ways, no. But in some ways, yes. And we will get to okay. that. Then we see he has a magic Green Lantern ring. I wrote Green Lantern ring too. <laughs> yes. It shoots out magic green. Oh my God. Pew pews. <laughs> literally. No, she's not joking. It would go pew pew. The sound. Oh man. And he changes into Wendy. So for the rest of the movie, Wendy, when we were referring to her, is mm-hmm. the troll. Mm-hmm. All right. We will probably refer back to that. Just in case y'all forget, which I don't think you will. So the brother finds her and he says this line, which I'm confused the fuck out of me. He goes, he looks at her and goes, have you been playing with dead cats? What? <laughs> well, what if her answer is yes? She sneaks up on him. He says that to the empty room. Like, what are, where are you? Are you playing with yeah. dead cats? She sneaks up on him and grabs his arm and just starts screaming. I got you. I oh got my- you. <laughs> so, and it's showing that she's kind of like a little bit manic manic like yeah. <laughs> a little wacky and the brother just kind of backs out like okay dude this brother while his acting may not be the strongest his instincts are good yeah so we see they zoom in on the ring mm-hmm. and then zoom out on the ring and she's in the house and her mom is looking at the ring going oh where did you get the ring she's like i found it so can we just pause for a second yes the little girl mm-hmm. is actually very good. Really good. Because she plays creepy and... Off the wall. Yeah. Literally screaming, yelling, growling. And then she kind of has these moments where she acts like a grown-up kind in a, in a small child's mm-hmm. body type situation. Yeah. And she'll say these really poignant things or... Or she'll Strange pull things. from troll back into her kid self. Yeah. On the the flipping a switch. And it's so good. It was and believable. good. Yeah. It was very good. She's the only reason that role works. Yeah. I not that it works. <laughs> any other kid in this role, I don't know if it would have done what it was meant to do because she's like very cute and yeah. precious. She wears overalls all the time and she has long blonde hair. She's every girl from like Nickelodeon commercials growing up. She kind of looked like the little girl from Poltergeist. Okay. I can see that. Except a little older. And she just was like, oh, you're adorable. And then she would be like, Rah. oh man. Yeah, she did. <laughs> so shout out to you. Wonderful job. So back to the family. The dad had gotten burgers. He got the rat burgers. He keeps calling them. Sorry, who got those rat burgers? The dad. What was his name? Oh, Harry Potter Sr. Harry Potter. Harry Potter uh, acquired some rat burgers. Yeah. Wendy opens 
the wrapper and goes, what is this? And they're like, it's a burger. It's a wrap burger. It's got everything on it. And she, he's like, it's smothered or something like that. That and burger she just, looked gross. It looked disgusting. It's just like a pile gross. of mayonnaise like and old tomatoes. Wet mess. Yeah. And she's like, smothered or whatever. I think that was the word. And they're like, yeah, it's a burger. And she's like, wrap burger. And just starts oh, smashing it into God. her face. It was horrifying. They don't ever try to hide it around her family, no. which is the most bizarre thing to me. If I'm and the, the troll, family, except for the brother, don't even notice. Bat and I, this is lazy parenting who does not want to engage with their kids, overlooks and justifies their behavior because she is manic eating this burger. And they're like, oh, you must be hungry, huh? Then she steals the rest of the burgers and runs out of the room. And that's where shit gets wild. Oh, my God. So this scene was bananas yes every like 10 to 15 seconds you and i were like pause i have to write i have to catch up on my notes because i can't write fast enough first of all it introduces every character in the rest of the movie within three minutes ambitious and there's a ton of cheesy ass dialogue happening there is a fire alarm going off the entire time. People are literally running and smashing into each other. There's screaming. There's growling. There's children it's everywhere. All in the there's space. Sunny Bono. All of this. All in the space of a tight apartment staircase and hallway. Yeah, in like this a ten in this by very ten square space. area. So what had happened is Wendy sets off the fire alarm. Sonny Bono apparently is coming down the stairs as everyone's running out the door to find her. And everyone, everyone trips over him. <laughs> Every t- they, they run over him. He goes oh to get up. God. Another one falls over him. It's, it was it dominoes was, over Sonny Bono. It was Bono. like a, one of those comedy shows. It was a Stooges kind of moment. It really was. And so his name is Peter. And I wrote RIP. And then I wrote, right. wait. Because this is where we find out. That their names are Harry Potter. Yes. So the dad introduces himself. That took a couple Harry minutes Potter. for us to adjust to. <laughs> I, I was cracking up about that. <laughs> Here's where I wrote, the kids are going fucking wild. <laughs> because Wendy's running up and down the hallway screaming, Ratburger! She literally Rat! grabs Sonny Bono's shoulders, pulls him into her and goes, Ratburger! And he's like, your kids? What the fuck? Well, and Peter goes, Sonny Bono says, is she rabid? And <laughs> That's an it's a legitimate season. question. And the father's totally chill. He's like, meh, no. Like, doesn't even well, care. He got that, her mom's jeans or something. That his like. kids are running around like wild people. Then we get Sonny Bono in an all-star performance here giving this gem of a line. So Sonny pulls Harry Potter in close. And he goes, and I'm going to try and do this justice because that mu- I don't have the mustache to deliver this in full. Nor the bowl cut. No. Well, let me give it to you straight, Harry boy. You see, I'm a single, unattached guy, and I live upstairs right above you. Now, I'm into swinging, and children having pillow fights at all hours of the night while I'm trying to score may cause a few strikeouts. You get me, Harry boy? I wrote, I can't with you, Sonny Bono. Oh, my God. (laughs) And you and I had a a conversation of, would it have been worse if he was living below them? Yeah, below them. Right? Would that be worse? If he's upstairs, he's going to be the one that's annoying. But as we find out with the kids in this movie, it doesn't matter where you live in this building. They will end up in your apartment going through your shit. Yeah. And you won't care. You won't care. No one cares. This is where I assume 
I think correctly. I said he gets eaten first, but they don't really get eaten, do they? I, well, when it happens, we'll talk about it. I'm yeah. not sure. They, it, they, a thing happens that we will yeah. talk about, so, but they don't get eaten. They just get stuff happens. Unhumaned. If this <laughs> scene ended there, it would have been too much. Yeah. So the dad <laughs> is way too chill. The mom is also. Then as the dad is turning, a random jogger runs in and smashes into <laughs> the dad. Then he's running in place and he's yelling at the top of his lungs because he has a Walkman with headphones on. And he's just yelling. With a fire alarm still going off. Exactly. I was just going to say that. The fire alarm's still going off. Everyone is out of their minds. He's screaming. He says he's an ex-Marine and now he's an insurance salesman. I couldn't make out any of the dialogue if we didn't have subtitles on and these two guys talking. That's true because it was sensory overload. This movie was sensory overload. This ex-Marine starts talking about the dad says he writes or something and the ex-Marine's like, books are for liberal scum. (laughs) (laughs) Some other stupid stuff. And then he does he punch the dad or he accidentally whacks him or something? I don't recall. I just remember at that point I looked at you and I'm like, I'm not writing that one down. We're just going to look him up later. We had already paused this scene too We also didn't get his name because we just, there was too much yelling and and wackiness happening. Tabor was on his door later on. Something. Tabor or something. So then we get Elaine, which Julia Julia Louise Dreyfus, I just keep calling her Elaine because it's shorter than that, or uh, JLD, and her boyfriend come down the stairs. I wrote, this apartment building is apparently filled with characters. It is. It really is. They found the bag of burgers. Wendy comes running oh and God. screaming and grabs the burgers. I wondered at this point in the scene if the director's note was, everybody just scream your dialogue at each other because yeah. that's what everyone was doing. So here I had to pause. We had to pause because there was so much screaming and there were just <laughs> random people popping in suddenly. So this is 11 and a half minutes into the movie. That's it. And all of this is happening i've seen fireworks finales with less going on yeah then we unpause Mm. and we get oh an older fancy lady at the top of the stairs she's wearing velvet she has a lace shawl she's got a look of consternation on her face she looked like she was about to attend like a glorious murder mystery party yeah her name is eunice st Clair, and she is amazing she's wonderful she is sassy as fuck Mm -hmm. she kind of reminds me of the Dowager Countess from Downton Abbey, which Ian wouldn't know. I've seen episodes of it. I just couldn't refer to a character by their name ever. Uh, Maggie um, Smith. Maggie Smith. Yes. that's. I knew who you were trying to reference just from like, Obviously, the resemblance. Obviously, she's not as amazing as Maggie Smith, but Very good she still. is excellent. Very fun. She is pissed. And is wondering what is happening. Fair. Yes. She says, somebody do something because there's a fire truck outside and I'm not happy. I guess oh, yeah. I'm going to have to take care of this she bullshit. She said there's like a ladder, a bu- ladder truck at her, or a bucket truck at her window. <laughs> yeah. So then the fire alarm stops. Thank the God. dad goes inside. Wendy's screaming and growling and smashing oh, everything in the apartment. Girl, and this is where I, I first wrote... This girl is good. So the parents and the brother are all just kind of wondering what is happening. And then you see that she gets this look in her eyes like, oh, 
I need to tone this down a little bit. Yeah. And then she starts going, I'm Godzilla. Rah! Ha 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 ha. Let's be fair. The brother was wondering what's happening. The parents are like, oh, this is happening. No, they they were like, you're you're worrying me. What's going on? They were saying that. All right. I'll give them credit. This is the one time they say that in the movie. Right. So once she does that, the parents are like, oh, ha, 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 ha. you had me so worried. And the brother's in the corner with a face like, something's up. Yep. We cut to the next day. The family is down in the kitchen having breakfast and Wendy is still in her room asleep. We go into Wendy. She's laying in her bed and she can hear from upstairs some Sonny Bono rocking out mm-hmm. music. And Reminded me of being like a college dorm where you're like, yeah, dude, is that guy blow- blaring his music this early? Yeah. So then we get... I think you looked at me at that point and said, oh, she's going to kill him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, no, I said that earlier, and then I affirmed it here. Yeah. <laughs> so we cut then up to Sonny Bono's apartment. I'm calling him Sonny Bono. I don't know what his yeah, name is. Yeah, I, I, his name is Peter, but I just kept writing Sonny or Sonny you Bono. You audibly gasped when this shot cut. Well, it was because he was <laughs> dancing. Oh. So his apartment was silk and leopard printed velvet paintings and Chinese dragons and Japanese kanji hanging from the wall. And he's wearing a silk robe and he's dancing around. He's got a bar. It almost looks like um, Quagmire's apartment or house. I said during the watching, I looked at you and goes, it reminds me of Colin Farrell's apartment from horrible bosses. Yeah. I think it looks more like when Quagmire hits the button and the bar comes up. Oh yes. Okay. That's what his apartment looks. It looks exactly like that. It was everything it was real funny so he's dancing around i guess seductively i don't know he's tossing back some drinky poos there's a lady on his bed getting dressed not pleased yeah in in every way not pleased so he says he like (laughs) jumps on the lady and starts kissing her and she's like okay and he goes would you like some breakfast and she says sure why not and he goes there's some pancake mix in the kitchen why don't you go make us some and she's like, what the fuck? I wrote his confidence level in this scene was a million percent. Oh, yeah. I wonder how often that was successful. I'm going <laughs> to guess not. I was stunned. Well, here's where she tells him to go jump in a lake and she walks out of the apartment. Smartest person in the movie. Got out of there. Then we cut down to their apartment. Wendy comes out of her room. She is in the kitchen because it's breakfast time and the brother's sitting in there with her. Mm-hmm. And she's just wandering through the kitchen caressing everything like wow wow what is this so interesting because she i mean it makes sense because she's a troll troll. yeah so she opens the refrigerator and she touches the bottle of milk and she goes oh cold (laughs) and the brother comes over he's like are you okay what's going on and she growls at him and picks him up and throws him across the launches him and the parents are like, what's going on from the other room? And he goes, nothing. I just fell. I tripped. And I'm like, dude, if that was my brother, he would have taken that moment to be like, Sam tried to kill me. She broke both my legs. She stabbed me in the face. And she told me I'm not emotionally available. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, that was a launch. It was pretty funny. So then Wendy leaves and goes out into the hall and the uh, Sonny Bono's lady friend is going down the stairs. (laughs) 
<laughs> as they cross each other on the stairs, Wendy's like, Here, this Carol bitch. Hold on. Here, get her name. She deserves her, her name mentioned. Yeah, we Jenny didn't... Beck is the actress who plays Wendy. And she's and been she's in some stuff back great. in the day because I kind of I kind of recognized her a little bit. She was on the show V. Oh, that's right. She was in V and then mm-hmm. she was in something else that I saw because I remember I remember that now. She then Wendy rings Sonny Bono's doorbell and she just walks in and plops down on his couch and starts playing with all the stuff. And he just kind of, he's like, Hey kid, what are you doing in here? I ain't got no toys for you. What are doing in here? (laughs) That's what he was saying. (laughs) Just no, I like it. I like it. All right. Cut you laughing at that part out. The adults in this movie have no problem with people invading their boundaries. Yeah. This kid is just playing with his stuff and he's just in her face going, I don't have time to be playing around with you. And then she gallivants behind his bar and he goes to find her and she's gone. Yeah. And then she pops up behind his couch and he goes over and she's gone. And then menacingly creepy as she pops up each time. Right. So she's popping up, popping up, popping up and he's looking in the places for her like, "Ah, ah, ah," and then he looks behind the couch and the troll face. That was a good, that was a good cut. I enjoyed that a lot. You know, he got scared. obviously, And then, she stabs him with her ring needle. <laughs> Could you explain? So this ring yeah. is like a big bejeweled thing, and it pops out this <laughs> tiny little needle <laughs> that shoots a green pew pew laser and goes pew. And no, or he gently pricks your skin right. with it, <laughs> and then you turn into something. We'll talk about it in a second. Yeah. So then we see that Harry Potter Junior is starting to search the apartment building for Wendy as this is going on. Mm -hmm. And we go back to Sonny Bono's apartment and his arm is pulsating sort of like in the uninvited. Yeah. I thought of that too. Kind of like it's, it's surging from beneath. Except we get way more payoff in this movie. Yes. Thank you troll for that. So then there's a progression of Sonny Bono's face melting. The makeup was really good. Yeah. For the, the 80s. The art especially. design was good. Yeah. And the little critters that eventually come, they look like ghoulies. Yeah. Critters. Really? <laughs> all of those things. So the troll sits back while Sonny Bono is melting <laughs> and he's reading a Playboy magazine. And Sonny turns into a slimy green poop. He just looks like a big poop. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. Pooping clothes. In PJs and a robe. Right. <laughs> Sonny now is a pod. He's like a seed pod and it opens and vines just go everywhere. Oh, and the yeah. CG is not great. It's not what I was expecting at all. Situation. We were, I think that we were both expecting a giant other troll to come out maybe yep. or a person sized troll, something. Exactly what I was expecting. Instead, we get a magical wonderland forest <laughs> that populates itself within seconds. Honestly, better outcome. Then we have teeny tiny little trolls that are popping out. They look totally different from one another. They're they're tiny. They're like little tiny guys. They're so precious. Oh my god! Most the, of them. The first one popped out. We both were like, oh, I want to hug them. And then so the other two popped cute. out. And you're like, eh, still all right. But give me the first one. What I really liked about this movie is once the troll pricks you, he just chills. He is not like into doing the work. He's like, I already pricked you. Stuff's gonna happen. I'm gonna sit back hang out because that's like his modus operandi the whole film yeah he's my kind of killer is what i'm saying like take it easy relax then we cut back to the brother he goes 
all the way to the top, which is where Eunice St. Clair lives, and he's knocking on her door. And the brother, <laughs> she opens the door and she's like, what? What do you want? Because she's sassy. And he says, can I come in? I think I'm going to throw up. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> great. That sounds fucking awesome. Bathroom's in the back. Really? <laughs> but she she lets him in yeah. and just doesn't even care. Yeah. It's very strange. She makes jokes about him being like an adolescent or something. Very odd. I did write at this point as what's happening concurrently in the troll apartment. We have no information on where the troll came from, how mm-hmm. it got here, and what its plan is. I was just confused. Yeah. And at this point, the troll has turned back into Wendy and she just leaves the apartment. Just leaves. Yeah. Just is like, all right, I'm going to leave this apartment now and all my fun little trolls in here. You guys are good. So we get clarification later about what's happening, but it's still very strange. Well, and that's not how it should work. If what this plot really did was mess up. (laughs) Well, I understand (laughs) at this point, not knowing what's happening, having that this stuff happening and you being confused and saying, what is going on? If they can, if they were to answer some of these questions, like within the next 20 minutes, <laughs> then I would, you know, maybe feel a little bit better about it, but that doesn't happen. Yeah. Why would that happen? Why would that happen? So we're back in Eunice's apartment. She's painting. She has a little mushroom next oh, to her table. That's, oh, my favorite. It's a little puppety person he has a little face and he like sings and he makes little he's like he's super precious the most precious i want one so badly she puts a lampshade over its head to hide (laughs) it from harry potter jr this is where we first hear his name is harry potter jr yeah he he's (laughs) he says to her my name is harry potter jr and i don't want to leave can i stay because i'm afraid of my sister and i don't want to go back downstairs and she calls him a ninny yeah (laughs) <laughs> but she's a kind old lady and she's like, you're always welcome to be safe here. Uh, he starts telling her about how Wendy is going wild and how he has no friends. Mm-hmm. And she says, you're, my door is always open and then gives this look like, I know what's up. She has a glorious apartment. I just want to take a moment. Like the oh, bookshelves. Is so cool. Oh, the like crazy old timey painting. It's beautifully cluttered oh, in a way wonderful. that makes me happy. It's got that lived in look of like this person's Books lived in it for 50 and years. Art and a nice enough layer of dust that gives it a little mm-hmm. age to it. This apartment building. So the thing I was going to say is every apartment is fabulous in this apartment building and they're all totally distinct. Oh, they all reflect the personality of yeah. the, per- the person who lives inside of it very well yeah i really enjoyed it so i the set dressing is cool the Mm -hmm. puppets are cool even the corny effects fit what this world so now wendy is outside playing with her bouncy ball and a taxi comes and almost hits her and she's pulled out of the way by malcolm mallory by malcolm mallory who happens to be a person with dwarfism so he's three feet tall maybe he's very short he's slightly shorter than than wendy Wendy. yeah my first note in the scene was girl you're in the middle of the street it's not where you play with your ball so he saves her and she asks are you an elf and he's like oh you know some people some people say that but no this guy clearly is like it's the 80s people give me a hard time i just roll with it Listen, unfortunately, people still give people a hard time for this sort of thing. 
they have like a little moment and she calls him brother elf. And that's the end of the scene. That's where I was like, this is going to be interesting what yeah. this turns into. I was wondering what it was going to be. And it is. And it goes in a similar but also different direction than I expected. Yes. It goes further than I expected. Let's say that. So now we're back at the apartment with the family. The mom is sending Harry Potter Jr. to get milk. She says, oh, do you want Wendy to go? Right. And he says, no. <laughs> yeah, he is all set. <laughs> and the mom says, oh, no, it'll be fine. Take her with you. Go. So she goes in and says, oh, Wendy, do you want to go get milk with your brother? And Wendy's like, no, I'm good right now. And we see that she's just staring at the Marine guy. Yeah out her window who's just staring at himself in his car window and posing <laughs> and that happens for entirely too long it's very weird it is a weird amount of time yeah then the brother runs out of the apartment so harry potter jr slams into our marine friend in the hallway and i wrote these kids can't stop running into people in this hallway and the marine looks at me he's like weird kid as he runs off and he goes probably reads a lot <laughs> What? They're setting him up to be anti-intellectual doofus. Succeeded. Yeah. It gets funnier once we see the inside of his apartment, too. All right. Which is not happening yet. So then we transition into, Sam, you're going to take all this, but uh, the scene of the movie? Uh, No. (laughs) This made my whole body cringe. What the fuck? So let's just describe the dad. He's like a typical middle-aged white dude. He's wearing a sweater. Mm-hmm. pleated khakis and black socks. And I have to say that because I need you to picture this man. Okay. He's balding, little hair around the sides. He puts on a record, turns it up so loud that things are falling off the walls. His wife has dishes breaking in her sink and he starts dancing. He goes, Mrs. Doubtfire on this. No, Mrs. Doubtfire had great moves. He's dancing like Elaine from Seinfeld, which is funny because Elaine from Seinfeld <laughs> is in this movie. So yes. maybe this is where she picked up her moves. He looks so ridiculous. Oh, my God. And he's dancing for a long time. It's over a minute of him just dancing. Actually, no, it's got to be longer because I think they play the entire song. It's like song. the whole song. And I can't. It's a famous song. I've heard it before, but I Summertime Blues, I think. Right? Ain't no yeah. cure for the summertime yeah. blues. Yeah, yep. so. So he's listening to that and he's singing it and he's dancing. And the mom rolling on the couches. And the mom doesn't care that shit's breaking. She comes out at one point to kind of be like, oh, honey. And then she goes (laughs) and walks back into the kitchen. And I'm like, dude, if that was you, oh my God, smash your record in half because it's not the first time it's happened. Oh, absolutely not. This is clearly (laughs) a thing because they make reference early to like, oh, here, all your records took us forever to move. You could substitute him with teenage girls from an 80s slumber party and the dance moves would be the same. They'd probably be better. Better, actually. He. My God. I don't understand his character in this movie. I don't understand the way this guy approached the role. I said earlier that in real life, he's kind of a kooky pants. And I'm pretty sure he was just playing himself in this movie. I did write. My quote was. Harry Potter has some fuck time dance moves. <laughs> but then I also wrote, like, why does his wife think it's cute? Because the way you said, like, that she giggles at him, like, she finds it endearing. So I guess maybe they are a match made in heaven if so she I, likes I it. I would understand 
And maybe I am less tolerant of it because I used to live in an apartment building. I've lived in a few apartment buildings where you can fucking hear everything. Oh my God. From all of your neighbors. Our first place we shared. Oh God. I don't even want to think about it. I have so much trauma oh. from that place in so many ways. Oh. But if someone is playing their music that loud, the entire building can hear it. Yeah. And the fact that he's dancing around and thinks it's funny and they both think it's cute and stuff is falling off the walls because it's rattling everything being so loud. I got angry and thought to myself, what an inconsiderate fucking asshole this yeah, guy You is. live in a communal place. If he was in their single family home, <laughs> detached right? from other houses. Couple and acres this, of land. Fine. I don't care. Do you have fun? Do your thing. If your wife is cool with her dishes getting broken, whatever. My only thought was for the rest of the people who live in that apartment building. Fortunately, he had a forest growing above him to buffer (laughs) the sound and the neighbor was deceased at this point. So or turned into a thousand trolls. I don't know. You're right. We don't ever get any conclusion. on that. (laughs) We have Wendy knocking on the Marines door. This is when we see the interior oh. of his apartment. Wow. Snake skin wallpaper, leopard print wallpaper, a giant tiger skin across the wall. A pool Horns. table. There's a pool table in the middle of one of the rooms, which is fine. Yeah. It looked like Ian said it looked like Ace Ventura 2 with the big game hunters. 100%. I was like, wow. I know what this guy I does. I was dying at the snake skin wallpaper. <laughs> I really couldn't take it. It was a lot. So apparently he's an angry Marine game hunter who doesn't like reading books. So he's basically all the stereotypes. Yeah. Which, I mean, obviously stereotypes. I mean, that was kind of the 80s thing in their movies. So he was like conceived by Vince McMahon. (laughs) (laughs) So Wendy is knocking on his door. He lets her in. She just walks in and starts messing with his stuff. Yeah. And I wrote, why are these adults cool with a random kid just popping in? Yeah, she like jumps up on his desk or pool table and starts talking to him. And he's like, eh, and grabs like his weird like artifacts or something like he a has all statuette. Kinds of stuff and she's playing with it and he just doesn't care. She gets him talking and he's like, I've stared death in the face. And she goes, what does it look like? And her like cute little kid voice. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, I've seen it. I know what it looks like. He's like, what, what do you and mean? And she turns creepy. And Ian he's like, you like, need to get out of here, girl. Credit to him at that point. He's like, you're out, out. This is taking a wrong turn. So then she goes, it looks like this. And just goes after him and tosses <laughs> Dude, him. Dude, I wrote troll arm whip. Yeah. She's kind of chasing him around the apartment. And at one point he picks up a bat and he holds it oh out like he's handing it to yeah. her. That that was he just held it out across a table across the table with the handle toward her. Is it called a? It's not called a handle. Yeah, bottom of the bat. That's called the handle. Oh, really? Where you hold it? I mean, call it the grip, I guess. But that's the hand. Okay, whatever. I didn't play baseball. Well, I did, but I didn't play it professionally ish like you did. Hands it to her across the table with the grip toward her. He's holding the end. The barrel. The barrel. And she just takes it. It's like he handed yeah, it. And I'd be I like, said, thanks for the weapon. I said, Dean, I was like, what the fuck did he just do? He just handed her a weapon. She chases him over to like a couch. Right. He grabs a shotgun and he fires Loaded it, it off at the her. wall because, of yeah, course. Because why not? He shoots it at her <laughs> and it goes through her body. And she goes, because like, oh, at, at this point, she has turned into the troll. Yeah. We should probably say that. 
And the bullet travels through the troll's body and shoots something behind it. And he was like, Arr, Arr. oh, my God. The sound effects and graphics are so good. So <laughs> the good. graphics are not good. <laughs> no, I, well, you can't tell from they're, my voice. They're fun 80s. They're our childhood. That's why I think I love them so. Yeah. The troll grabs the shotgun and just starts twisting it and bending it. And then he magic lantern rings okay. the guy. So then out in the hallway, uh, Harry Potter Jr. has returned from getting milk. And he hears screaming from the Marine's apartment, which is across the hall from their apartment. And so he's knocking on the door to get in because the door is locked. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Wendy comes running out of the Marine's apartment God. growling. And the and Harry Potter Jr. is like, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. <laughs> and she shoots a, a pew-pew at him from her <laughs> ring <laughs> at him. And he falls down into the corner and passes out. I literally she- wrote, pokey ring time. <laughs> So she goes inside and she's like, Dad, Harry fell in the hall. Uh, whatever. Oh, and the dad's like, what? Oh, okay. Nobody gives a shit about anybody in this movie. It's bizarre. So then we go to the Marines apartment and it has turned into a little troll land. There's some weird chanting. Mm-hmm. Some of them are wearing some gold necklaces. I mean, all I can say is that these trolls are delightful. Yes. And also a little creepy with the chanting yep. music situation happening. Oh, just it wait. turns into just a full opera wait. later. So <laughs> yeah. And it's completely inaudible. That's the thing. Like they make, I no think it's in a different sounds. language. Yeah, it has to be. The subtitles didn't even fucking dry. They're like, nah, nothing. They just said chanting opera yeah. music or something. It's probably the right call. So then, um, the dad goes out in the hallway, gets Harry Potter, puts him to bed. Harry Potter jr. Wakes up. He says, Dad, I'm fine. Can you just keep Wendy out? I don't want her to get sick. But he just, just because she's a fucking wacko. She's all over the, yeah. He knows something's wrong. Yeah. So then he pulls, <laughs> as the dad leaves, he pulls this thing out from under his bed and Ian goes, is that a toaster? And I said, I don't know. It kind of looks like it. It looked like a toaster oven. Uh, it's a TV. Oh my God. <laughs> like a portable TV. It's like TV. this long <laughs> rectangular gray box with a tiny little screen. And it took us a few more scenes before it came back and we actually could identify it was a television. Yeah, we did not know it was a television for a full few minutes until it came back on. So then we have the mom is talking to Wendy in the kitchen. She's making dinner. She's like, oh, your little friend is coming. Your little friend is coming. Oh, and boy. Ian and I were both like, oh, God, yep. we, know what's ha- we know what's happening here. So then there's a knock on the door and the dad answers it. And it's Malcolm. And the dad is like, uh, hi, what's up? And he's like, oh, my name is Malcolm, whatever. I'm from upstairs. Wendy invited me. And the dad goes, oh, got it. Like, he knows what he's like. Yeah. Okay. The mom comes in with a cup of chocolate milk. And she goes, is, is Wendy's little friend here yet? And they come around the corner. Yeah. And so then she sees him and she goes like, oh, God. Yeah. I fucked up. Freeze. What do I do? Yeah. And so I wrote cringe and then wrote she does appropriately. The the family is very weird about him having dwarfism. They don't know what to do. They couldn't make it more uncomfortable. Well, the dad was totally chill. He's like, he's like, oh, I'm pretty sure you don't want chocolate milk. Can I get you something to drink? And he's like, yeah, gin and tonic. And he's making a drink. And the mom is just saying they're like, (laughs) um, uh, person. yeah, Yeah. She didn't know what to do. And Malcolm makes a comment like, I tend to get that reaction. And the dad's like, nah, sorry about that, buddy. You know, 
he's totally like the mom is like chugging the chocolate milk like trying to like it was weird it was very strange you could tell that i think that the way that they handled this part of it was they no i was fine with it because i think they put they shone a light on the fact that people make assumptions true and they made everybody feel very uncomfortable and they i think that malcolm the actor because this actor is a really good actor he's been he's been in a ton of stuff he was in like willow and he's been in a lot of stuff he was just like i'm cool i'm cool with me yeah you know i'm not gonna you do whatever you're going through i'm me yeah and he didn't say anything like oh i'm sorry for what he didn't make any apologies he was very just authentic he was himself he's like oh i'm a college professor and blah 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 and he's just being he's just like talking like a normal adult human being would talk to another adult human being he is right correct and so the dad kind of took that cue and was like old with it this is what this is what we're doing and i don't want him to feel uncomfortable and i don't want to be uncomfortable and we're just gonna like I'm just going to treat him like an adult because that's what he is. And the mom was like cringy and she was trying to like muddle through it. I think for an eighties movie, it wasn't handled as terribly as I anticipated it was going to be. I think that it was important to show that the parents were surprised and uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And also that Malcolm was not, and he was unapologetic and the dad just, took his lead and went with it and treated him like an adult human being and had adult human being conversations with him. And then the mom became comfortable after her initial shock. And I think her shock was because she thought it was a child coming over. Which brings to my actual question about the scene. Did Wendy say, I have a little friend coming over to her? That's what I assume. I mean, Or did the mom assume, oh, I have a friend coming over. Oh, your little friend's coming. That's what I assume probably happens. I guess. I think they set it up that way to make that joke, which to me was stupid. It was dumb. You could have done without all that. But you're right. I guess thinking on it now, thinking on the 80s and how most things were handled, it could have been a lot worse. So Malcolm is telling them how he uh, is a college professor. Mm Mm-hmm. And all of his accomplishments. And they're not making him some magical creature. No. Yet. (laughs) God. So then we cut from that little scene. Harry Potter Jr. is in his room watching what we we found out is a TV, not a toaster. Yeah. And he's watching... Some body snatching movie. It wasn't a real movie. It Because they did it... They did two different scenes with two different movies. And so it's a doctor, I think, talking (laughs) to a woman. And he says, your dog is not your dog. He may bark like a dog and he looks like a dog, but he's a Martian. He's a pod person from the planet Mars. The second one was even better, though. Oh, absolutely. We'll get get to that. So we see Harry Potter. It's dawning on him. Oh, my God. My sister is an alien. So we're back at dinner and this was weird. Apparently Wendy had asked Malcolm to recite an old poem called The Fairy Queen, which is a real thing. Oh, I'm sorry, before this, we get a whole thing about how Malcolm had been in the circus for a little while. And the dad was like, I've always wanted to be in the circus. And in my head, I thought, why did you even have to put that in there? I wrote Harry Potter is so weird. He's so weird. So weird. 
So then Malcolm begins to recite the Fairy Queen, which is a very long poem. And holy shit. I, this is the scene. Wow. Where I put down my pen and stared with my jaw on the floor, staring. I didn't know what to do or say or think. Because what happens is the trolls start singing an opera. And that's literally what the captions say, that it's operatic singing. And they're all harmonizing. And the trolls in the two apartments that have little troll people in them are like, (laughs) to this weird rock opera music situation. Then we see Wendy at the dinner table and nobody notices. She's like, (laughs) I singing with them. Literally just wrote in all caps, we must talk on this a lot because this was absolutely so strange. The rightest of right turns this movie could have taken. Sorry, leftest of left left turns turns this movie could have taken. Again, as we said earlier, we needed some plot set, we needed some story set up before this. Well, I think this is showing us the story no. setup, but it's just not done right. No, I disagree. I think this movie is just plowing forward with a story oh, without I'm giving you anything. I'm not saying that it's good, yeah. but this is building oh the story. Because in this scene, while everyone's chanting operatically, we see Miss St. Clair, yes. the lady, Edith, Eunice, what is Eunice? Eunice St. Clair and her mushroom upstairs. So the mushroom is like killing it, waving back and forth. So good. Eunice is looking around like, oh shit. My mushroom's going again. A bunch of stuff in her apartment. She has like dragon heads on the wall. Those are cool. She has a bunch of puppety things. They're supposed to be creatures, and everything is moving. Like she's like, ah shit. Yeah. So the trolls are singing and sort of dancing as much as puppets can, and Malcolm finishes the poem. Then we go back up to. Miss Sinclair's apartment. Everything's coming alive. She looks at this painting. Yeah. We see her look over at this oil painting of a weird dude, a lady, and a little ghoulie on their shoulder. Yeah. A little ghoulie troll. Looks exactly like that movie, Ghoulies. You've seen it. No, I agree with you completely. With the teeth, like the teeth. Super cute. I always thought they were adorable. So the guy kind of looks like when Shrek was turned into a human. The lady, (laughs) yeah, it was not. It was not a great painting. I assumed because we find out that she's very, she's a very old witch. We find that out soon. I would assume that maybe she would have been able to get someone with a little more talent to make. Maybe she did it herself, though. Yeah, that's true. I guess. If you're magical, I feel like you can just magic up a painting a little bit. I'm not going to tell a witch that something she may or may not have painted herself in her apartment looks like trash, but it looks like trash. She goes up to this wall of weapons. Oh, great wall. Yeah, there's staffs and spears and tridents and and knives and swords. She grabs a horn and she starts blowing it. (laughs) And all the goblins start to retreat. (laughs) And they go back under the vines and then Wendy starts hacking at like <laughs> at the table, like coughing. That's funny. 
Uh, and then old lady says, like, something's starting again. Yeah. Then we cut again to Harry Potter Jr. watching TV. Now he's watching a different thing. Oh, my God. Did you write this down? Because I wrote some of it down. It's, and it's the, the same, same thing as the dog, but with a canary. Yes. Tweety, your canary, <laughs> isn't Tweety anymore. It's a pod person from Mars. So now it's breakfast the next morning. And everybody's at breakfast. And everybody's sitting down to eat. And Wendy comes out. And she just steals Harry Potter Jr.'s juice. What a dick. And won't give it back. And her parents are both saying, give his juice back or you're going to your room. So she takes the juice and just dumps it on like the floor. dead-eyed stares at them while she's doing it. Like, oh, you're going to tell me not to? Then they're saying, all right, you're going to your room. You're in trouble. And she's, you can see her like starting to ramp up. like, And Harry Potter Jr. stands up. is like, no, no, no. She's just not feeling good. Leave her alone. I don't care about my juice. And so you can tell he's, I think he's trying to like protect his parents. Yeah. He's like, I was going upstairs to see Mrs. Eunice for breakfast anyways. Yeah. So then we're upstairs in Eunice's apartment. She's listening to records. Harry Potter pulls up a chair and he asks her why she's there. He says, your stuff is too cool for you to be an adult. (laughs) Who are you? What are you doing? Are you a witch? And she's like, hmm. I'm not not a witch. Mm -hmm. And then so she says yes without saying yes. And then she's there because she has to be. So then we see Wendy off to her next victim. She goes to Julia Louise Trifus's apartment and oh, brings yeah. some flowers to her. And Wendy just walks into her apartment and just sits down and starts touching everything mm-hmm. and saying weird stuff about beauty fades. You're going to oh, get yeah. old someday. You were beautiful. Thanks. Beauty fades. And th- that's that. Then we get back up to Eunice's apartment with her and Harry Potter Jr., and here's where we get the backstory. She used to be a princess. Mm-hmm. She fell in love with a wizard named Turok and became a witch. All I could think of was Turok the dinosaur Me hunter the rest too. of the movie. And I was Me like, too. you dated Turok? Whoa. <laughs> Harry Potter Jr. says his sister is a pod person. And Eunice says, mm, eh. close. So you're on the right track, son. Then we cut back to Elaine from Seinfeld's apartment. She's naked yeah. with leaves covering strategic pieces and frolicking through her apartment, which is now a forest. And the troll is just creepily watching her. Then we go back upstairs to Harry Potter Jr. and Eunice. So she says that the day that his sister became the troll or the troll took his sister, there are 72 hours to turn it all around because the day that he took her was the witch's Sabbath. Also known as Walpurgis Night. For those of you who are uninformed, like I was maybe 30 seconds ago before (laughs) Googling this, Walpurgis Night is an abbreviation of St. Walpurgis Night, which is a Christian feast day of St. Walpurgis, an 8th century. Uh, It celebrated the night of April 30th into the day of May 1st. Celebrations include bonfires and dancing. That was a deep dive. It was like three sentences. I know. That's deep for me. It was a deep dive. Then she sends Harry Potter Jr. back to his apartment and says, you need to keep an eye on your sister. And she grabs herself a stabby trident. Just before that happened, I had my biggest laugh of the film when Harry Potter asks her, can you teach me to be a wizard? Oh, that's right. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I see where the lawsuit attempt came from. 
that you know what yeah i didn't even think about that yeah. so let me get some troll vision as uh <laughs> it's too. leaving <laughs> jld's apartment and we see her boyfriend knocking on the door oh i wrote he's in trouble now yeah malcolm happens to walk by and they both are talking about how they're concerned because this is out of character. She was supposed to meet her boyfriend. This took way too long. It was ridiculous. They were standing outside the door knocking and talking about how they were worried for a good couple minutes. As this is happening, we see inside the apartment, she's just frolicking with some sparkles on her face. <laughs> she makes a little like eh, squinty face and all of a sudden the boyfriend gets a magical migraine. I don't understand what the point of that was. So then Malcolm's like, oh, you want some ibuprofen or something? And the guy's like, no, I'm good. And then Malcolm leaves. Part of me thought it was just like the troll watching them trying to get them out of there so he can go in and watch his naked Julia. So then as Malcolm leaves, the door swings open and the boyfriend just walks into the apartment and the the apartment's back to normal for a second, I think. It looks like it's back to normal, We've said this in movies before. If doors open effortlessly when you touch them or magically open, do not go in there. After it was just locked and then magically opens when yeah. all other humans leave. Yeah, not a good not a good just choice. Go home. Just go home. Yeah. Make a phone call. Yeah. Bring a friend. I don't know. So then we see her frolicking behind the trees in her apartment that I guess are magically back. Yeah, that was quick. There are green lights blinking all over the place. Oh, they're like floaty. They're obviously and... drawn in to the film. <laughs> Dude, I love that. Weird. I love it. There's vines everywhere. He starts chasing her because she runs away and they're suddenly in the woods. Yeah. They're in a in an actual forest in a meadow. It will make a little more sense once we get a little bit more of the story later on. Yeah. In the moment, you're just like, weird. So it just shows JLD. At first, I thought she was teleporting. Mm-hmm. So did but I. But she's replicating. Yeah, because it looks like the green light will flash, then she's there and flash. And I thought the same thing. Yeah. So apparently she's replicating. These are nymphs, as we find out later. This is the nymph magical land. Mm -hmm. Boyfriend's chasing her. Then all of a sudden, she's standing next to the troll and they're laughing at the boyfriend. Yeah. And is that it? I just assume something happens to him. Right. Nothing. I didn't. Nothing. What's weird is this movie really went all in with like the deaths when it wanted Uh to. And this was a great opportunity to take out a, you know, useless boyfriend. It was very strange. Yeah. So this movie's like picking up. It was it was already a lot, and now the yeah. action kind of lulled, and now it's like bam, 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 bam. So we're kind of jumping. We're getting back to like staircase yeah. introduction level jamming. Cut to Malcolm, and he's standing outside of his door. He's apparently locked himself out. He can't find his keys. Wendy comes up and just opens the door and says, no, your door's open. See, and just pushes it open and walks in in front of him, and he just kind of it's like, is okay. Cool. Oh, all right, sure, and just walks in behind her. He gets her some juice, and she's just saying weird stuff. Yeah. Just walking around saying weird stuff. Then he sits down, and she says, are you okay? Are you sick? And apparently he is. He has some sort of terminal illness in his with his bone marrow. I'm assuming cancer, maybe. They didn't really clarify. So this was one of those opportunities where somewhere earlier in the movie, you would have dropped a hint like a weird cough or something to hint that he was sick. I... Don't know. I think they needed this plot point to do what they did next. Uh, I mean, yes, they did. (laughs) And I will say many things weren't well paced or thought through. So Mm. wait till you see the sequel. Malcolm starts talking about his dwarfism, how when he was a kid, 
It was really he, good. It was really good. Really, like moving. It was. It was very poignant talking about how when he was a kid, he didn't realize if there was, you know, anything wrong with him. Not that there's anything wrong with it. And his parents told him one day that he wouldn't ever grow any bigger than he was and how he wished that he was magical and that he was just waiting for the day when like fairies and unicorns would come and he would go to where he's supposed to be. And it Mm -hmm. was really sad. And part of me wondered if maybe he injected some of his own personal life story into it, because that doesn't seem like something a person who has not lived with dwarfism may come up with. Just the way that he said it, I just totally truncated it. Couldn't tell you that. Phil Fonda Caro was the actor. Great job. And this was probably the best scene in the movie for actual acting. It was really, really... Yeah, he was great. Poignant, I already said. But it kind of tugged at your heartstrings a little bit. It set up really well the thing that we get to next. Because he makes a comment. He says, I'm going to draw you a picture. And she says, you can't die, you're special. And he says, ah, this old body is about to is going to go someday and she makes this little face like hmm mm, i understand said, what you're saying brother elf yeah and she said have you ever wanted to be an actual elf and then he this Has is another when he really gives her nice the story about story, how yeah. i you know wanting to like waiting for the magic people to come mm-hmm. and then as he's finishing this troll walks behind his chair wendy walks behind the chair on one side it comes out the other side as the troll with like this grimace of like it wasn't a grimace. It was a little smirk, like, hey. I'm sorry, that's the word I wanted, smirk. And this troll smirks amazingly. Like, yeah, it was it's, 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 it was good. Oh, this he, is where I liked the so troll. So also, the, act, the actor, yeah. what's his name again? This guy? Phil Fondacaro. He played the troll as well. He was yeah. in the suit. I really like the troll. This is the part of the troll story that I really like. Yeah, so you see in this moment that the troll's not totally heartless. There's another moment later as well, but this mm-hmm. this moment particularly, the troll is trying to do something kind. Yeah. We're going to get to that in a minute because now we cut away up to Eunice's apartment again. To the weirdest interaction of the movie, I thought, because she and the dad converse yes. and they have a yeah. very so she, weird interaction. She's walking around with this bejeweled, stabby implement. It's glorious. Javelin type yeah. thing. Knocking on all the doors, trying to figure out where everybody is. Yeah. Then Harry Potter, the dad, pops out of his apartment and he's asking her what's going on and she's saying, everyone's gone. Everyone's disappeared. Don't you think that's strange? And he goes, it's the weekend. What do you expect? And then she says... What day was the bomb dropped on Hiroshima? And he's like, uh, he had the same reaction I did. Was uh, like, uh, what? He goes, why was it? Was it a weekend day? She goes, I don't know. Why don't you go find out? <laughs> and so I didn't realize it at the time, but now as we're talking, I think she was trying to get him to go back inside and not come out. Okay, but that was Fair not clear on at that. all. It was very weird. So the dad goes inside and he's like, hey, anyone have an encyclopedia? And then we see Harry Potter Jr. He's sitting in a chair staring at his sister's door. And he's like, what are you doing, son? And the kid's like, watch my sister. And he's like, you're taking your uh, brotherly duties a little far, huh? Well and, then Harry, <laughs> well, and then Harry Potter Jr. says, she's not Wendy. She's a monster. And that's when Harry Potter yells, Honey, did you do a lot of drugs before we got together? <laughs> so then we cut back to Malcolm's apartment. 
and there's a birthing happening. So Malcolm is a seed pod, like Sonny Bono was, a poop pod, covered in vines. Oh, my God. It's pulsating. And then it opens, and out of it comes a tiny little slimy elf-eared naked version of Malcolm's face of Malcolm oh. and his little face and he's like oh. he was oh. it was so stinking cute I loved it and also a little bit disturbing a little bit but and then the troll picks him up like a baby <laughs> and calls him brother elf I know and he like snuggles him in his arms I was like oh and I was like be adorable I was like mm, I don't know what's happening here but I'm allow it <laughs> So that's where the troll is like, oh, look, he did something nice. Yeah. He's trying to, I guess, be kind as he's murdering everybody. He's more of a complex character than just a murderous troll. I guess. You know what just occurred to me? What? So, hold on. Pause. Mm -hmm. So if he turned Malcolm into an elf using his magic ring, having him birthed out of the seed pod, and all the little elves are going to come out of that... When he did the goblin-y things in Sonny Bono. Remember I made a comment about how some of them have gold chains on their neck? Oh, shit, little son. Sonny Bono trolls. He made little Sonny Bono. I wonder if we go back if we'll have the to army watch guy him. trolls are like army trolls. Yeah, I wonder. Because there are some of them that looked a little oh. creepy. Like, remember the, the jacked up looking one with the spider legs? Yes. That was the marine oh. apartment. Yeah, we have I to go back and look. I am not cutting this conversation. No, no, no. I don't want to cut revolutionary. this revolutionary. Yeah. Holy shit. We have to go back and look at that because now that just occurred to me right now. Oh. Okay. Because that would be amazing. That is awesome. That would be too much continuity for this movie. <laughs> so now we're back in the Potter's apartment and it's dinner time. I wrote, we're at 57 minutes and it's too long. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is about where I made the comment where I said, we need to wrap this up. This movie is only an hour and 22 minutes, and it felt forever. It only needed to be. And it's not like it stopped. Well, it only needed to be about 45 minutes to an hour. It didn't yeah, need to be Yeah, this was that like long. the novel, novella equivalent that was been written into a novel, mm-hmm. and you're like, you didn't need all this. Yeah. So Harry Potter Jr. is staring at Wendy, and everyone is very uncomfortable. At this point, how are these parents this aloof to their daughter's changes? Yeah, it's very disconcerting at the least. Mom says, Harry Potter, get the kettle from the stove or whatever. (laughs) And flames shoot out of the stove as he goes to touch it. And Wendy goes, what happened? And he's not even holding back anymore. He goes, you know what happened. And the parent's like, how did she, what? We haven't even looked at it yet. And then they're like, ah, ha, ha, you too. Yeah. And uh, oh my God, I can't. So you get really annoyed at what happened next because of the closed captioning. Yeah. So we have, at this point, we have a troll arm going up the stairs. We have fairies singing an operatic rock, according to the captions. <laughs> we get to Eunice St. Clair's apartment and we hear the troll's voice being like, Eunice. Yeah. Except in the captions, it says the troll's name, which is Turok, which is the name of Eunice's wizard boyfriend. And I was like, why would they do that? It's a fucking spoiler. Seriously. It's not a who really at the end of the day, it's not a big deal because it's kind of confusing how it happens. But basically, the troll is her old wizard boyfriend who had been turned into a troll. And we're about to get that backstory soon. Yeah. 
So he goes to her apartment. She blasts him with a little laser and tells him to buzz off. We then get a scene, which I really appreciated. So uh, we cut back to um, Harry Potter Jr. He's laying in bed. We find out for the first time he shares a room with his sister, even though every other shot of their bedrooms mm-hmm. made it look like separate rooms. But yeah. all right. So they're both on twin beds. Like he's laying there. You see she's reading. He's looking up at the ceiling. And it's kind of like a weird trollish shadow the whole time behind him. He doesn't see it. He looks over and all of a sudden it's the troll just chilling, reading the magazine. He's like, oh, oh. pulls his blankets up over his head. Slowly pulls him back down, looks back over. It's just his sister. The troll's clearly fucking with him. And I love it. Oh, absolutely. I love it. That's totally well, because when he goes, games. Night. Yeah. <laughs> and he like pulls the covers back up and like you see him wake up in the morning. They haven't moved. And Ian and I are both like, oh, God, come on. I know. But at the same time, it's like. I'd fuck with you, too, if I had those kind of abilities. So then we cut to the next day. Wendy's gone. Harry Potter Jr. gets up and runs out of the apartment to find her. He's the slowliest walking up the stairs is what I wrote. Yeah. As, like, the forests are growing under the doors into the hallway and it's windy. And at this point is where I wrote, too long. Yeah. And there's a really loud sound. Vines come shooting out from under a door. Mm-hmm. An aggressive wind starts blowing him backward <laughs> as he's trying to get to Eunice's apartment. Um, he gets in and she has a book out and she's acting like everything's cool. Yeah. Like not concerned. And she shows him this book and it's got the medieval pictures from the beginning. And she says, Turok is the troll. He used to be her boyfriend. There used to be a kingdom. Instead of countries, it was one planet. Right. And two kingdoms, fairy people and humans. And they agreed to kind of share them 50-50 and everyone was fine. So let me say that the painting is of a wizard a man mm-hmm. is what i assumed but in this story turok is one of the fairy people he's a he's dude a fairy. the continuity is um, fucked in this and i story. understand like fey folk look like humans mm-hmm. whatever that was not established it was established no. he's a wizard which is a human person with magical abilities. Whoever wrote this script got confused and no one fixed it. Right. Or messed around to make it fit because they wanted it to fit. Some of the fairy people were not cool with splitting the kingdom, especially Turok, apparently. There was a war. The fairy rebellion lost. They were cast into whatever, because at this point I was not writing any more details. I literally wrote, how did Turok the dinosaur hunter lose a fight? And then they turned Turok into a troll. Okay. My issue with this is you turned him to a creature with magical powers. Well, no, the ring is magical. I don't know if he's oh, magical. Maybe so it's maybe a wizard ring. Fired it. Okay, I have less of an issue then. I'm doing okay. I'm doing a yeah. an Alexis from Schitt's Creek with my hand wizard ring right now. <laughs> Ew. 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 So then he vowed his revenge and now he wants to rule the world with his fairy army. Harry Potter, Harry Potter Jr. asks the right question, in my opinion. He yes. says, why is he doing it here, as in this apartment building? What the fuck? <laughs> to which uh, we do not, we get an answer. It's not satisfactory, but we just so, have to accept it. Eunice explains that Turok is changing each apartment in the building into a different fairy world. After all the little apartment worlds are filled mm-hmm. with his pods, pod people, 
then it will become a fairy universe. A fourth dimension. That will explode out into the world. So we've got trolls. We've got goblins. We've got nymphs. And what was the other one? Elves. So those are the ones that she named. I didn't write them down, but I'm pretty sure that's what she said. So she said the only two places left are my apartment and your family's apartment. So then she says Wendy is still alive because he needs a token woman, a fair-haired token woman that will be saved. I actually read in the description of this movie elsewhere, either on Wikipedia or IMDb, that Mm -hmm. that it's supposed to be he needs to have a princess. Which makes more sense than what they actually said in the movie, even though it's still pretty dumb. Fucking damsel in distress for no reason other than to do it. So that means Wendy's still alive. They didn't kill the kid! Yeah, because we were really not sure. Still only had one so far. And Harry Potter only has three days to complete his task before she is totally absorbed and this universe explodes into the world. And... It, that day started when when Wendy was turned into a troll. So this is basically his last day. He's got to do it like yeah. now. At this point, I wrote after this whole thing, this story has a lot of arbitrary rules and timelines. Uh, she gives Harry Potter Jr. a magic staff. Yes. Tells him to plunge it into the heart of the universe. He says, uh, what? <laughs> and I said, and it'll she- be on a cat's collar. Duh. She says... Turok is very dramatic, so it's going to be on the biggest, <laughs> ugliest creature you can find. Well, Man, not, which is not true. wrong. Not yeah, wrong. It's not yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At this point, I was thinking to myself, we've understood what the troll's doing now. We understand everyone's parts in it. Why on earth is Turok doing this in the building with the one person who could stop him in the entire world? I also thought the same thing, and I thought maybe they were going to make it so that he escaped from her, like, menagerie of creatures or something. But when they turned it into that, I was very confused. Yeah. Apparently, he came through the other dimension and happened to arrive in her laundry room. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Yeah. And the other thing is... So she's just waiting around in her apartment for 5,000 years or however long. I don't think it was that long, but it was a long time. Just waiting around saying, someday maybe I'll notice that he's here and I'll stop him. When she said the line earlier, I'm here because I have to be. Could you have at least been like, this place has some sort of resonance or something that this was where it was clearly going to happen, but no. Because let's be serious. If you really take a moment and think about this, if she was a princess way back in the day, she wasn't in America. We don't have a monarchy over here. I mean, we had a, we had one briefly, uh, but there were no princesses living over here. Unless you consider her language before there were countries. That's true. But yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. Let's also... Not give this movie any credit like that (laughs) because they didn't think that hard and they did not care. Yeah, so apparently before humans emerged from the goo, there was Except for there were humans because she's a human. There was a whole other world that was humans and fairies and then- trolls and elves and- That went kablamo. I don't know. I'm I'm lost. If maybe she would have said that- 
there was like a rift that she fucking traveled through. I don't know. Clearly, they I were can't. just like, "Hey guys, we're gonna do a movie about a troll that shows up, and we don't fucking care." I think how we're it going there. off on a tangent yeah. in a way that is just not going to be productive because there's no saving this. No, no amount of speculation as to what would make it better would actually make it better. <laughs> you know what would not make it better until we found out later, changing Eunice's character completely. Yeah. So at this point, Eunice turns her back to the camera takes down her hair and shakes it out and turns back around and she's a she's a younger woman who is a totally different act actress and i thought to myself who really doesn't look anything like eunice but yeah. apparently is actually her daughter in real life yeah i'm okay with this now i was not yeah. okay with getting rid of changing eunice's character because she was the best character in yeah. the movie so she this woman is a different actress. She comes with a portable wind machine to blow her hair back seductively in every scene. And she goes <laughs> off. It really does. She goes off to start stabbing. So first of all, why so windy? There's wind, just a wind tunnel in the apartment all of a sudden in the hallway. Maybe it's the caused by the you know, multiple the dimensions, yeah. all kind of you know, maybe forces. I right. think of like, I, air, I didn't, it was a rhetorical, pockets. it yeah. was a rhetorical question. I was making a joke. <laughs> so she tells Turok to show himself. She's yelling, show yourself. And then wanders into the apartment. That is a forest and goes into the forest through the wind. Land. Tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And here I wrote again, too long. And there's a bunch of slow wandering through the woods. She's just wandering oh through the God. woods. She yells at the wind to stop. It stops. Oh, I forgot about that. Yep. It, it's very silly. She was with us. She had had enough of it. So she's walking around through the woods very slowly with her stabby javelin. And something huge <sighs> grabs it out of her hand Dude. and chases her. She's so easily disarmed. Oh, my God. She just keeps falling. That stupid trope. With the women falling as she, they're being chased. She just is falling and falling and falling. And I wrote, she falls a bunch and I'm mad about it. Yeah. She was clearly walking into a trap and she let all of her guards down. So then I wrote at this point when she's disarmed, I'm like, well, down to a 12-year-old boy to save the universe. We must be in the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Parallel, never-ending story. Goonies. Everything. It's all about the kids saving everything. So she gets into her apartment and she grabs a sword off her wall. And then Turok comes in and just shoots her with his Green Lantern yeah. Cracker Jack ring. I respect Turok. He's like, I'm not going to mess with you and your sword. Boop. It was very anticlimactic. It was yeah. really frustrating. So then we get Harry Potter Jr. wandering upstairs. There's vines everywhere. Oh God, Obviously, this. everything's taking over. He gets sucked in by wind or something into Eunice's apartment, which was very strange. And now Eunice is a talking stump. Can I try to deliver the line that uh, as well as Harry Potter Jr. does? Well, if you don't, I will. So go ahead. You try it. Eunice, no. Eunice, no. I literally wrote, <laughs> not how you say that, Harry. <laughs> I believe that was when his career ended. Yeah, I said in the worst Poor acting guy. choice oh. ever, which is which is very surprising because in Never Ending Story, he was able to deliver, you know. I wonder if as he got older, he started overthinking it. He's the same age. Oh, you're right. It's only like a year or so, if that. Yeah. So, I don't know. 
Maybe I'm also misremembering Never Ending Story. Might have to go back on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm but it's still wonderful. Oh, absolutely. So we then cut to the parents in their apartment hearing a racket. The mom opens the door and it is turned full. The trolls are in the hallway. They're in the dimension being like, operatic. And uh, the mom shuts the door and dad opens it and looks out and they shut. And we get Eunice, the tree somehow down there. And yeah, she's Eunice, like, the stump. get back in your apartment. <laughs> it was hysterical. They shut the door. She, she tells them to shut the door and stay inside. And the mom goes, what's going on up there? And Harry Potter goes, I don't know, but I'm listening to the tree. (laughs) (laughs) It's very strange. So then Harry Potter Jr. is up in the woods, in the forest, where Eunice had been disarmed. The fairies are are saying, Harry Potter Jr. Harry Potter Jr. Harry Potter Jr. Jr." And Ian and I were cracking up so much because it was just hysterical. Yeah, it was cracking me up the whole time. So he comes upon Wendy in like a glass case asleep. So this is the real Wendy. Sort of sleeping beauty like situation. I wrote, did they steal did he steal that from Zales? It looked like a jewelry case. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like Snow White, where she's she's in the little glass coffin. With lasers. Right. And some lasers. He tries to touch it, it shocks him. Whatever. He stabs it with the trident and <laughs> and it evaporates so then he gets wendy and picks her up and shakes her awake whatever then all of a sudden we get a giant bat puppet uh, monster starts chasing them giant bat monster so it kind of looked like something out of power rangers oh right? absolutely yeah 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 again he recklessly is or he's disarmed while he they turn and see it the troll steals his staff from behind that's right because he puts the staff down to save his sister Mm -hmm. so then we get a cut to outside the apartment building there are just (laughs) there are vines my god i'm i'm waving my hands but it's um it's like the think of like uh, a thing like kraken in the ocean or It's like the the sock people outside oh, the, of the, the car wacky dealership. Wave, inflatable tube man. Yeah. yeah, one of those guys waving their are waving vines around, and people are outside like, oh no! But it looked very like fifties animation too. It was really the worst in the movie. I think you're giving way too much credit for eighties animation because oh yeah, I feel like it fit in to okay. the decade. <laughs> it was not great. It was not great. So then we're back in the woods and the bat monster's tossing boulders at them. <laughs> Dude, you're a jacked Full bat on. monster. Fight him. Right. <laughs> so as the bat monster is getting closer, he throws Harry Potter Jr. out of the way and he goes after Wendy and we see the troll going, no, no, no not the girl. And it happens a couple of times. He's like Trainer. menacing her and the troll is behind the bat monster being like, no, no, no. Yeah, he's clearly did not train his troops well. Right. And he's and it's also showing him like, well, first of all, I think he needs her to break through to the dimension. Okay. I think that would make some sense. I think that's the reason why. But also maybe he doesn't want to have a bat monster kill a little kid. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's more the first. Yeah, it has to be in my mind, it has to be the first because otherwise this movie makes no sense in what happens. So then he would literally be defeating his own plan. Well, but that's what he does. Either way, he's screwed. I think. Yeah, but I think so. He, he just takes the spear and kid. he tosses it into 
the chest of the bat monster and there's a bunch of blue lightning oh yes crackling there is. through the universe a fake blue lightning and then harry potter jr and wendy run out of this world and shut the door behind them they're in their parents arms well hold on everything starts to kind of collapse yeah and so i wrote lots of falling <laughs> so the parents are just falling all over the apartment. Things are falling down. They're just tripping and holding on to There's each other. There's one point a really nice bookshelf falls. I remember looking at you going, not the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah that was a travesty. Oh, I don't like bookshelves. So then Harry Potter Jr. and Wendy run into the apartment. Turok runs through the woods because he's defeated now. And Eunice the Stump is in the woods with him somehow and is laughing at him. Yeah. Which... Important to remember that she's in this fairy world still. She's in the fairy world, turned into a stump. Yep. Okay. Keep that in mind, people. Because we'll get we back to that in a we minute. We won't leave you with those breadcrumbs. We'll take you there. So then we're back in the apartment. Everyone's hugging. There's lots of close-ups of faces. <laughs> <laughs> they go out into the hall and everything's back to normal. I wrote at this point. So how fast is this family moving out of this place? Yeah, they've only been there for three days, yeah. right? And out. <laughs> yep. So then we see the family is leaving. Yeah. The police are arriving and the family is coming out with like some, luggage. some luggage. I was very happy with that. I was like, thank yeah. you. you. Yes. As they're going out, young Eunice, no longer a stump, Says something to Harry Potter along the lines of, great job for a human. Yeah, you did really well in there for a human. And then turns around and walks away. And I'm like, and I said to Ian, I was like, hold up. Yeah. No, I think I made you pause, We, right? we stopped because we had to figure this out and we didn't. And I said, but she's a stump. Correct. And she's in the fairy land. Mm-hmm. Wh- what? Nope, I got nothing. <laughs> what I... was the point of turning her into a stump? I literally have nothing. I don't know. So... And yeah, because I wrote how in giant letters. Then the cops, you know, the family pulls away and the cops are like, oh, what do you think happened? And the other one's like, oh, I think someone was just playing their stereo too loud. You know, often confused <laughs> for giant vines waving in the top of the building. And was a frightened loud family music. running out yeah. with their luggage. Yeah. Uh, so one cop goes around the side of the building and he's like, oh, I'm just going to check it out since we're here. He gets to the laundry room like Wendy did at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He, The door's shut this time. Yeah, the door's shut. He opens the door, and it's the f- magical forest dimension. And the wind is back. And the wind sucks him into the troll land, and the troll is there and just shoots him with the green lantern ring. Door slams shut. The end. What is the point of that? I understand so, the point is like, oh, there's like a fragment of this reality, but why is he killing the, the guy? So my thought... My only thought was they're setting up a sequel. I guess. You know. Well, he's going to try thing. again somehow or he's going to sneak back in. Yeah. I usually write my thoughts at the end. Yeah. Like, like my initial quick thoughts. And all I wrote was one sentence. I don't even know what to say. My last sentence was I need to find the words to the troll song. <laughs> Which I would love. I think where we t- didn't we talk about googling it we to did, find out we if did. it was uh, real folks, words. I'll do research, but not that much for this movie. So that was troll. I can't remember the last film where I had as many moments of actual slack jawed dumbfoundedness watching it. Yeah, and we've watched stuff that is not good that 
is just plain bad or weird or whatever. And this one, things were happening and I was just dumbfounded by it. It wasn't necessarily that I was confused no. or that it looked terrible or that the dialogue, well, the dialogue wasn't great. The acting wasn't bad. It wasn't any of that. It was just, what is happening? What was happening? First of all, whoever labeled this a horror movie. Not even. It's a fantasy to, movie. Yeah. 100% a fantasy movie. Dumbfounded that someone thought it was a horror movie. Also, Shame. come on, come on, Sonny Bono. You could have done better than that. Well, could he? Uh... Not going to even wade into that one. No. We will not speak ill of the dead. No, I will not. Well, I will not speak <laughs> ill of Sonny Bono. Yeah. I'll speak ill of the dead if they sucked. He didn't. Fair. I'm still like, I have this movie, even thinking of it, my first instinct is to be like, slack jawed. You said it at one point when we were watching it. You were at a loss for words. I was just going to say, we are having trouble articulating yeah. our feelings about it because it was so fucking weird. I have to say, I liked this movie. Oh, God. Of course you did. I liked this <sighs> movie. It's not good. Would you watch it again? I need like four or five years. I would never watch this again. I would watch this again with other people. Well, here's the problem. I would watch it again for people's reaction to the shit that happens. Here's the problem with this one. Yeah. It's not good enough to rewatch, in my opinion. It's also not bad enough to rewatch, in my opinion. So it wasn't fun enough for me to think that anyone would have a reaction that I would find enjoyable. I think we watched it. We're talking about it. We had the experience and I'm good for the rest of my life. So as I'm thinking of this and I'm thinking of these thoughts in real time, so I may contradict myself. I wonder if the reason I liked this was I liked the experience of being so flabbergasted at a movie. That doesn't feel very nice to me, but that's because we're two very different people. Yeah. I mean, I I love terrible (laughs) movies. So I wonder if my enjoyment from this was like, what the like being so uncertain of what was happening in a movie for what because we see so much nowadays that's so formulaic and hold you on know. this movie to me though was formulaic i knew what was going to happen true i knew what they were doing with the story i could guess what was what they were doing i wasn't confused so much as i was confused by why they thought certain things would work, why they didn't wrap certain things up, why they didn't explain certain things. But I understood it. And now that I know the whole story, I can see what they were going for. It was formulaic. It was all of those things, but it wasn't fun and it wasn't enjoyable. And it was just too much weird shit happening. To edit some of my prior statement. You're right. It is formulaic. I think a lot of it is my nostalgia for the 80s mm-hmm. and how much I genuinely will love any movie from that decade unless it forces me not to. And like you said, it was kind of an in-between movie and it's not good. It's not funny bad. So it doesn't force me one way or the other. And I just – I don't know. I like the set pieces. I like the design. Well, there was enough about it that was good. That, yeah. that makes it, that takes it out of that territory of ridiculous. I think that's why I could watch it again. Where it's ridiculous, but it's not fun ridiculous to me. 
when we talk about one of our differences is I'm the kind of guy who can watch the videos of people falling down and hurting themselves and find oh it funny God, and Sam's I not. I think that's how I could watch it and wa- it would be kind of like watching someone else falling down watching this movie and I would enjoy like someone's flabbergastedness of this. Yeah, I would I I could sit through this again. I could never sit through this again. And here's the thing. I wonder if you'll feel differently after you see the sequel because we're going to watch that next surprise Damn surprise. Right we are. The sequel to this movie is so bad. So 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 bad. We mentioned it in a previous podcast. I mentioned it that it's considered the best worst movie. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary about it called The Best Worst Movie. The sequel is something that I think may make you change your mind about this one. Okay. I think that you'll get a better perspective. Well, you may not because you love everything, which is part of your charm. (laughs) Um, It kind of puts it into perspective that like, oh, this is not fun. This one that we just watched. I think if you compare it to the last film I picked, Final Exam. It's catching the headwinds from the terribleness of that. Oh, so absolutely. I forgive. You're in a more forgiving place. It had a story. <laughs> it wasn't told well, but it had one. Final exam didn't even have a story. I have to say that of of a lot of the movies that we watched, not all, this one had better acting, better story, uh, kind of better concept of an overall it had more story. Of the parts of an actual movie, right? The set pieces were really great the cinematography the was little fine. trolley people were super cute so obviously sam do i like this no this movie was dumb it was not fun for me anyway i don't hate it it wasn't unwatchable i just didn't like it and it annoyed me because it was fantasy and weird and i don't know operatic singing troll people <laughs> Unless you tell me that's what I'm signing up for, I'm not interested. And unless it's Labyrinth, I'm not probably not interested either. <laughs> I will agree with you. This was not at all what I had signed up for. I had a good time. I mean, I had a good time because I was hanging out with you, eating popcorn and being very confused. But, you know. That also helped. But, yeah. All right. There you have it. So, uh, oh, if you haven't already, ch- make sure you check out our bonus episode uh, where I made oh. Ian watch Coming to America. And he enjoyed every moment of it. So good. And then make sure that you're following us on Instagram. Do I like this podcast? At the.ian.james. Do I like this podcast.com? Facebook page. Do I like this podcast? We have a Twitter. I still don't have my phone because I leave it upstairs for music for the baby. So I always forget, but I'm pretty sure it's do I like this podcast. (laughs) Do follow us. We have some exciting things coming up. Uh, in the works in the next couple of weeks. We're really excited to do and, and release to you guys. So mm-hmm. stay tuned. Yeah, we have some really fun things coming up that we're both very yeah. excited about. Jazzed. Yeah. And uh, also, please, if you could um, go on, review us on Apple um, Podcasts. It makes a big difference. Uh, had some great rev- like couple of reviews so far. So thank you for uh, taking the time if you do do that. Yeah, and thank you to everyone who's supportive of us and who reaches out and it's just been fun to get to know this community and uh to interact with everybody let's see how troll 2 does next week oh i'm excited (laughs) so i guess we will uh
<laughs> what was that? Uh, I turned into a troll. <laughs> Holy shit. Bad at goodbyes. Wow. So uh, that's it for this episode. And hopefully you listen. Hopefully <laughs> you keep a fourth listening. dimension doesn't explode into ours uh, between now and next week. Unless that fourth dimension is awesome. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya.